Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. and A-Rod going at it. Roberts is going. Masada's throw. Roberts, safe. And what can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 131. I'm always still amazed that we're still going. Uh, listen, a great show for you today. I'll break it down in sort of a PTI kind of way. We're going to talk about... Uh, the ALCS and NLCS will give our predictions uh, very surprising. Not Well, I'd say modestly surprising. We are where we are, and we'll talk about why. We'll talk about the Astros and debate, you know, maybe the the biggest dynasty of this century, perhaps. I mean, they haven't won the titles, but they certainly have the, you know, the appearances to prove it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Blaze Jordan, the Red Sox prospect who came out recently and talked about his mental health. We'll talk about Bryce Harper as well, not just his performance and, you know, sort of getting back at talking smack, but the culture of covering teams and sort of the unwritten rules and why the brave smack talk got out when maybe it shouldn't have, but I, also everything's fair game. We'll get into all those. John, how, how you doing? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. It's interesting that we were saying that we're going to give our predictions and we we we're like we're one round behind because our first predictions were a little rough, right? They were right, they, they, and it's not panning out the way everyone thought it is, which is no. Which, you have all three hundred win teams are gone. They're gone. All Dodgers the, are gone. Orioles are gone, and the Braves, who had one of the most dominant seasons in the history of the game, yeah, are gone. Someone made a great point. I'm interested in, in your thoughts on this. That if this format was around. In the Joe DiMaggio era, how much would have changed the game? They, they probably wouldn't have won that well, many. Of course, because you got to remember, it's like you throw those extra variables in. It's like teams get hot, you know. Even you know, you got to be good to make the playoffs. But let's let's be honest, the Minnesota Twins weren't good, but they could have gotten hot, right? Right. But even when the Twins, I mean, in the you go back to you know even my childhood, how many ninety win teams oh, yeah, didn't just, make the playoffs? You won the division, or that was it, right? That was it. So it it definitely changes changes things, and in some ways, you know. It feels almost unfair. Are they are they rewarding first place teams enough? Uh, I mean, like we, I had someone come on my show I, I think, I, who said that they should the wild card should be the day after the season's over. 
I think start. it's I think it's not good as far as baseball goes to be waiting. If you're sitting around waiting five days to play, it just doesn't. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. But at the same time, it's also not good if you lose your you, you know two of your superstar players. You know, you lose Wander Franco, you lose uh, Urias for the Dodgers pitching. It's like th- your flaws show up after that. Right. You know, two dudes who did not get hurt, by the way. Right. And it's and you know it speaks volumes to the team though. Like those are important pieces of the puzzle. I, I mean, yeah. Do the Do- are the Do- were the Dodgers good enough to beat the Diamondbacks with? Urias, I don't know. I just feel like the, their pitching is just wasn't good. They just got by in the season with good hitting, right? But it doesn't help not having the guy there. It's interesting that all the legendary status of Mookie Betts, and he really wasn't wasn't a presence there at all. But let's move on. We're looking ahead, and you know, obviously the. I believe one of the series starts on Sunday, then both teams play on Monday. Obviously, you don't want to compete too much with the NFL. You have the Rangers and the Astros. Obviously, it's the Battle of Texas, and then you have the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. I mean, listen, I don't love the Rangers, and I can't stand the Astros. I like Dusty Baker. I mean, so if, if I have to pick, you know, it's like the lesser of two evils type thing. I don't know squat about the Rangers, to be honest, other than my, one of my favorite Red Sox, Nathan Avaldi, who should still be a Red Sox, is, is on that team. I wish so, he was still a Yankee. I mean, he's when he's healthy— Guy's got it's amazing, cojones. right? I mean, he's just gutsy. Well, he's a big game pitcher. You know, it's like it's like the Scherzers and those guys when they, when there's when they're healthy, they're big game pitchers. They're not to compete on a different level. Yeah, and yeah. But that being said, with with the Rangers, I don't know if they have the pitching um, to match up against the Astros pitching. Let alone, I mean, the Astros hitting and the Rangers. The Rangers, I think, they can live up. The, to the hitting hype with the Astros. I mean, the Astros are just good. I mean, let's be honest; they yeah. are good. They're, they're, they're. In my opinion, they're gonna go back to the World Series um, again. This is their seventh straight ALCS appearance. That's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, like, listen, the the, the team is great, and they've kept their core together, and that's important. I mean, look at if you look at the Phillies, and you, the, this is a new core, right? Because Cassianos has only been there two years. Uh, Turner's only been there this year. Yeah. And Harper's been there what three years now? Four years. Um, three, I think. Yeah, after 2018, yeah. Or anyway, right? But at the same time, like, look at the look at the core lineup with the Astros: Altuve, Jordan. Jordan's been there since 2019. Bregman, Bregman you know, even what's his name, uh, Brantley. You know, like he's come. He came over. You don't realize how long ago he played for the Indians. He I was believe, a trade right? deadline. Act, yeah, I think acquisition. So th- it helps when you have those guys in place, right? And to do also the damage. Th- and Kyle Tucker is one of the most unsung baseball players in the game right now. For and sure. they're they're just unflappable. Like they just don't seem to get faced. And right? so okay, so you're picking the Astros. Yeah, I'm picking the Astros, and I hate to say it because I hate the Astros, but I mean, they're, I just think they're the better yeah. team. And unfortunately, I think they might be able to. Beat yeah. the Phillies, which is my next pick. You go ahead. You go ahead. I go hard. I'm picking the Rangers in seven, just because I can't. I can't even hold my nose and pick the Astros. I dislike, and I like Dusty Baker, but I hate the Astros. Oh, so the, the Diamondbacks Astros. and the Phillies. Here's the thing: is that, listen, the, the D-backs are. They basically took some of the better talent that the Red Sox had in terms of front office. You know, Hazen and Lavulo. Lavulo was really well liked. Some people wanted him to be manager of the Red Sox, and so there's a lot of support in Red Sox Nation for the D-backs. And you know, they had that great start to the season. They had that sort of second, third, two thirds of the way through swoon, and then yeah. they've recovered. And it was pretty dramatic. And it must have felt so good to beat the Dodgers. But the Phillies, I just think the environment. The Harper stuff is just too good. Like, it's just too They'll have home compelling. field advantage, too. And, like, it's just that stadium. Like, 
It's awesome. It's, un, it's unreal. Like, just well, then they got the the whole Bryson Stott walk up song. I mean, listen, I I was at the Phillies game this year. I was at there right right before Trey Turner turned it around. It was like they, had, I think it was like the he didn't even play the game I went to because he was down and out. Really? And I think it was like within two games or it was the game after ours where they did the standing ovation for him and and everything kind of turned around. That was awesome. Too. But. The Bryson Stott walk-up song. You know, you're like, hey oh, hey okay. Like, everybody's singing that now. Like, my kids are singing that. And they're not even Phillies fans. I mean, they're, like, proxy Philly fans because of Dickerson. But it's it's an amazing atmosphere. The Twins' atmosphere was great in their yeah. stadium. But that was also a hunger for baseball. But there, it's not the same as Philadelphia. Philadelphia is next level. And it it's, is. It's it, next level. And, and the truth is, it's, one, you know, you know, on our morning show, our producer, Matt Royce, he's Philly. But you can't, you can't. I mean, take it away from no. the passion of the sports fans. And so I'm going to take the Phillies in six. I'm going to take the Rangers in seven, the Phillies in six. What are you doing? So I don't think the Rangers are going to are going to take them to seven. I no, think, no, you pick the Astros. We got Astros in five. Okay. And then I will go with the Phillies in Phillies in six. Okay, so we're on this on on board in the same. I kind of hate boat. to say Phillies in six because I think they're just such a better team and they're rolling so good now. But you know there is going to be a couple day layoff, so I w- I want to say that I love Corbin Carroll. I love the vibe on that team. I do. I like the vibe on that team. You know, even though I was kind of scared with them jumping in that damn pool with those stupid pillars in the pool yeah. where people sit on. I'm like, you one knew of these someone guys, was going to get hurt. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking to myself, like, <laughs> someone's going to come up short here yeah. and their ass is going to really hurt. He's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 131 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. We brought, brought up Bryce Harper. I, you know, the whole hype of him coming into baseball, I was kind of down on it. Daddy's involved. It just seemed, ugh. The next great thing on the yeah. cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. I just, but you know what? The truth is, the dude delivers, and he's so. I, I think it's authentic. It's not fake, and it's not marketing. But the way he talks about Philly, it it really makes you jealous that a you don't have him on your team, and b you don't live in Philly because like the Sox environment now. If it wasn't for the tourists, the place would be half empty. Right. And Philly, they they just love him, and he loves him back. And I love when that happens. Yeah, he plays into it too, right down to his clothes. I mean, you see him when they yeah. they've had the pictures of him walking the inlaying in. of his blazer. Yeah, yeah. and he has the, he loves the Philly fanatic. It's on yeah. basically any. He has something. Every part of his uniform has some sort of Philly fanatic at some given time on him too. It's you know he, he we've talked about it over and over again. The guy is baseball. He's great for the game and he's next level. He really is. He is one of those guys that's going to go down as one of the best players. And that I mean, you, a lot of people throw that around, right? They throw around always. Oh, he's he's, gonna, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. Like. Bryce Harper will be one of the best because it's going to be the intangibles of the postseason experience. Yeah. It's going to be just what you talked about, how he controls a city, how he controls a team, how he controls a vibe, how he feeds off the vibe. Listen, only certain players get better when it gets harder. Big Poppy was one of them. Yeah. He got better when it got harder. And there's guys here and there, but there is only a select few that really deliver. Yeah, I think that's 100% on point. And, you know, as somebody who has ruined a news conference or two because of naivete and whatnot, and I was in a few uh, locker rooms that I didn't belong in, I didn't really know the backstory about, you know, so this guy on the Braves talked smack and really turned the Short series stop. around. He talked smack and it got back to Harper and he really used it as fuel and he probably manipulated his own brain to make it motivate him. But just tell tell the – because I didn't realize that this was why people were like any schlub 
you know, can get a press credential and that hurts things. Just talk about, you know, people who don't know what, what the heck happened. Well, also, first of all, for anybody that doesn't know what the whole story is behind, it's, it goes into game two where the game ended and Michael Harris making an awesome play in the outfield, throwing it to into double the up. to double up Harper at yeah. first, which was the first time that combination of play ever happened in the postseason. Right. It was like an eight to five to three double play. But if you look at the play, Harper slips on that play. Now, granted, he probably shouldn't have been rounding the bases as hard, but Harper's an amped up dude, and he—it's that's the that's the run you need. Oh yeah, I don't question he him slips, for going hard. He slips, he yeah. comes back. He probably doesn't slip. He probably gets back. So you got to look at the context of the play. The way the shortstop we're talking about, Orlando Arcia, says in the locker room afterwards, "Attaboy, Harper." It's almost like it's like you know. Harper was a total goof in the whole thing. And it right. really wasn't that. It really right. wasn't that. So in that, if you look at it the way it really was, it's even worse on Orlando Arcia's part to be saying that because in the grand scheme of things, Harper probably does get back on that play, and it really isn't an attaboy Harper moment. But even if, but he, didn't he, get, off, but even if he didn't get back, right. I think he was just trying to score or whatever. Exactly. But what he, what, what he in, the, in the locker room, he's overheard by a podcaster – Jason Mintz, who runs the Cespedes Barbecue podcast, they've been around for a while doing blogging, and you know they have a pretty successful thing. But he's not a, a guy who covers the team, Correct. right? And that did not set well with a lot of reporters who cover the team or MLB analysts who follow the team regularly. And he put this out to the public that he was heard saying, attaboy Harper, attaboy Harper, and of course, look what happened afterwards. So the traditional media was, was upset because the unwritten rule is they wouldn't have released that? Yeah, cool. yeah, and, they, and and listen, you've been in locker rooms, mm-hmm. I've been in locker rooms. I was in the locker room at the Subway Series in 2000, and believe me, all right, my past said technician. Now, technically, I was the photographer, I was doing the actual video, doing mm-hmm. the interviews with a reporter. So there was other people that had the same exact credentials as mine as technicians that were cable pullers, that were whatever you want to be. Part of the operation of the news operation, the covering it, but definitely not people that needed to be in the locker room. And you still got in. And you were still in yeah. there. So when I say like you were in the locker room, like interviewing these people, now granted they weren't doing the champagne celebration because they hadn't won. It was after like the you know right. game two. But there was so many people in there that did not belong in there. Right. So there's two things I'd say to that. One is my favorite story about me is when I was covering when Mary Lemieux came back from I don't know if he came out of retirement or back from cancer. I don't remember which one, but I was a pretty young reporter. And it was I, the game might have been in Boston when he when he came back. I can't remember. And there were so many. I don't know if you know this. Like, say you're eight deep in in a, in a scrum. Usually, what happens is questions get asked, and then the inner circle gets Breaks satisfied. Out. They leave, yeah. and then the outer circle comes in and basically yep. asks the same questions, yep. right? And it just happens to be that way, in, unless they have an organized news conference with people out and their chairs and everything like that. So I, you know, he had really not engaged physically in the game, and a lot of people think he was kind of soft anyway. And so a couple of people had asked him, you know, whether you know he was purposely avoiding contact, and he got pissed, and. I guess toward, and I was in the outer circle, I was out of earshot, and I guess he said, if I get asked one more question about, <laughs> about the physical play, I'm, I'm out. And I was aggressive, and I, we all came in. My first question was, you know, were you conscious of, you know, not getting hit out there? And he <laughs> freaking walked away. And, and he didn't I, say anything, he just walked away? Yeah, he said, I'm done. And, and so what happened was is that I shrunk. You know what I mean? I sort of, and then I was, you know, and only really people didn't know me, so they couldn't really figure it out. And I just remember, you know, like at least four times, who was the blank hole? Yeah. Who did that? Yeah. Who the f did that? And I just was like, 
you know, nothing to see here. Who's <laughs> the guy that didn't vote for Derek Jeter? <laughs> um, so, but here's what I want to say though is that I don't know where I I'm not the gutsiest guy in terms of divulging racy or really like big time information. I'm not an investigative reporter, but what I would say is like, what's the? Pro- I don't. I know it stinks when guys that shouldn't be there are there and then report poorly or ask stupid questions, but like what he came out with, like why, why should that have been stuff that stays in the locker room? Like, why can't that be reported on? Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think that that it's, it's that bad. I think it's more of, well, the, people are coming down on the guy. Well, I think hard. it's more of the fact that he's not, he's well, he not, had, they're not it wasn't that, him a he, that he reported a journalist, it, right, but it's not that he let that, it, that comment from the guy. He wasn't public, asked. It was that he didn't just, he hadn't earned the right. At least to you asked it. Brian, right? You asked. You asked your question. He, why couldn't he ask the question? If well, he heard it, it, why couldn't he go over and say, listen, you, I heard you saying Attaboy Harper, you know, do you want to elaborate on that? Do you think, you know, you think like, that I think he okay? fell going around second base. Do you think he would have made it back to the base? Or do you think he's just over aggressive? Be a, be a journalist. Instead of just being, I'm going to go flap it out on my blog and or whatever. Yeah. See, I, when I come to, comes down to it, I think it's he he should be able to anything in there that he hears, unless it's like you know I'm going to go meet my girlfriend, don't tell my wife type thing. You know well, what I mean? Like well, that's it's perfectly personal. fine then. That, no, but what the point if you're is calling like, someone a dick? I'm just saying, like, like I you think, can't like you shouldn't be allowed to be like why why not? Like as long as it's not personal, it relates to the game and relates to people in the game. And and you know it's in the locker room and you're allowed in the locker room. I'm I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not going to take this argument to the to the mat. I'm just saying that I don't have a shoot. He doesn't probably belong in there. They should be a little more selective, maybe. But at the same time, I think that to report on that is I such know a big the context deal. too. Like I, like there's no video of it. So I right. want was it just something that was like yeah, I had a boy Harper or was it like was he dancing right. around? It does like, merit context. Like I mean, you got a guy on your team who likes to take selfies of himself when he hits home runs. You got another guy who's going to be MVP who literally does like the like any kind of dance you can think of after he hits a home run. Like you wonder if they were in there dancing it. Attaboy Harper, Attaboy Harper, and there's everyone else decided, well, we're right. not going to go with that, you know? Right. Or was it just an offbeat comment? Either right. way, it didn't work out. Right. It <laughs> definitely motivated Harper. He knows how to motivate himself, and it, wor- and it worked. Uh, listen, uh, I, I remember reading it when it came out at the beginning of October. And, I, you know, I just remember when Blaze Jordan was drafted and the name and the hype it's it's almost Harper. As to say, it's much much like yeah. Yeah, and and his he swings out of his shoes and and he came out at the beginning of the month with a pretty long post talking about his battle with depression and anxiety. And I listen, we're in a different era. Like whatever we dealt with, we always internalized and we dealt with it ourselves, and mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And I think that um, I'm amazed if it's all all these things assuming they're all authentic that people can perform at that high level and have these issues but and it was it was pretty dramatic that he couldn't he's barely 20 i think yeah came out and just talked about there was one moment where he was in the hospital cuz he couldn't breathe they couldn't find anything wrong with him and then they realized that he can't breathe cuz of it he's his he is having a panic attack yeah and, and you know the crazy, the one thing after I read the, you know, what he posted, the one thing that stuck out the most to me was, and you hear, I mean, you do hear it all the time, um, is that he hid it so well his own parents couldn't even tell. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I got a I got a 17 year old who's going through the whole stressing out about trying to play baseball in college, trying to get into college, doing all the applications, taking AP classes, honors classes. I mean, and like stuff that I couldn't even do now. Right. Definitely couldn't do it in high school. And the amount of like it, the amount of work that he has to do, and then the teams and all that. But then there's then there's Blaze Jordan, who's on a whole other level, right. you know, who's got to play a professional sport, who hits all these home runs, who's supposed to be the next great thing, whose baseball card is selling for three thousand dollars, and it's like, you know, he's supposed to be that. And next thing you know, like he's a, he's he thinks he's dying in a hospital because he can't even breathe. Now you know, was that the same thing that was happened to Josh Hamilton, and he found his outlet in a bottle? And, and, and a needle but and a yeah. needle, right? There's he, different ways, you know, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, like yeah. the, the list goes on and on. When, 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 when Zach Grinke had these issues, they thought he was crazy. He walked away from baseball. Now look at him. He's, I mean, he's one of the best longevity pitchers there is. And Joey Votto. Yeah. Same thing. Everyone called Joey Votto crazy. He wasn't crazy. He had issues. He needed help. Well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because I, you know, I've had my own issues, you know, at, at, at a couple of moments with, with some mental health challenges. and Nobody does – there's not one person that doesn't have a family member or is, knows somebody right. that has, has mental issues. And if you don't, there is somebody, and you just don't know it yet. Well, because you know, I, I find myself – I, I want to say this in a way that's delicate and people understand in the right context. Sometimes I don't have as much empathy as I should. And I'm like, well, you know – we just handled it. Why can't you just handle it? And the thing is, and sometimes I feel like it's just sort of can be, and this is my thought process. This is my inner thought. So I'm going to, I'm going to come full circle. So be patient with me. Then I'm like, well, why, you know, what, just work it out. Like, why do you need to talk about it? Just or whatever. I have all these different things that some ways compromise the authenticity of it. When I think of like Blaze Jordan, it's like, he's still trying to make it. He still has to prove that he has to play. And, and yet he's he's talking about it. So it, now I guess I maybe I'm understanding a little more because I'm always like, why are all these people coming out and talking about it? And because I know people in the media who've done it, who've talked about it publicly to, to honestly to save their jobs. Yeah, you know they've done it for not necessarily the the right reasons. They've done it because they don't they they weren't getting renewed and they want to make sure they're not fireable. And they did. I, I know that's happened. Yeah. And so I've been less empathetic. But with someone like Blaze Jordan, it really was a light bulb moment for me because it's not like. He's not quitting. He's not excusing what he's done. He he wants to make it as a baseball player, and he wants people to know that he's dealing with this as he goes on this journey. And I was like, okay, it may I get it, you know. And and so I it elevates my respect for it. And I'm just coming in with my own set of like unconscious bias. I'm just yeah. admitting my blind spots when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have I have a like you said, I have a hard time like the empathy thing. Like I. When I working in the television news business for so many years and being like, I'll call it the front lines. Like you just you're taking the video and stuff. It was it's, it's a different beast than seeing it on TV. And like you, I say like my bones got callous, my soul you're, you're got anest- callous, anesthetized. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you know it it, it was hard it, it was hard for me to even be like empathetic to my own kids a lot of times when they were growing up. Like something would happen, I'd be like ah you know just get over it, get yeah. over it, get right. over it. Everything will be fine. And it's like and then you're sitting to yourself like you cover so much bad stuff all the time and things are good for you. And you're starting to say like, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, you know, like things are going good for me and you start feeling guilty for yourself. And it's like, everything's so bad. And it's like, but then you realize it's like, you know, 
everybody's got something going on. Like either they're public about it or they're not. Or, you know, sometimes it just boils over and you just never see the person again. That's just how it works. And hopefully, like Blaze Jordan and hopefully the next person who's talking about it and talking about it and talking about it helps. Because, listen, everybody says they didn't think anybody would do anything or they never expected someone to be like that. And I'm telling you right now, I've covered it a zillion times. It's always that person that you never expected. Yeah does something or has some problem and they're just not willing to get the help or talk about it. And I think that, you know, we, we as people, you know, we're becoming more forgiving, but we've been not forgiving enough on a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, Michael Phelps to Simone Biles or, you know, Michaela Schifrin, who I think are just, I don't think people know how great they are, yeah. like how amazing what they've done is and to be able to actually like so it's hard to fathom that they had those kind of issues because they must be doubly mentally strong on the other side to block them out and compete but like when you think of those three sports and I'll close on this those are individual sports that if you make one mistake you lose you know Harper can trip and lose a game and he wins the next couple games he wins right. in hockey you turn the puck over all the bleeping time in basketball you miss 10 out of 20 shots, you could still be the player of the game. Yeah. But in those sports, no. You make one mistake, you lose. It's over. Four years of work is done. And and the and pressure that carrying is, all the pressure of the sponsors. And, and then having mental challenges yeah. on the side. Like, forget about it. If you're perfect, yeah. that crap is hard. You're a brand. And then... With no margin the, for error. A brand with no zero, margin for error. Zero. And then I'll add on to that, that for anybody would be insane. The add-on, the other things you might be dealing with is just next level. So, you know, it's funny. At 52, I find myself that, that the Blaze Jordan story to me, this is my point, is it, it gave me another level of empathy and understanding, which I didn't, I guess I didn't really have. Yeah. You I know? guarantee by him talking about it, it will definitely trigger other people, which is good. Yeah. John, great stuff. we got to make sure when people we tease this to get people to listen to the end because that was a really good conversation. You've been listening to episode 131 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry of T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.